I, I like that's the downside with weed. I wish weed had the effect of alcohol. Mm. Like, so if I could trade the effects, I would rather be drunk what, from smoking, you know? Like, I don't understand. What, what is it about alcohol <laughs> that you're missing? Okay. This is such a high thought. I, <laughs> I realized I didn't connect any dots. Okay. So, like, if I could switch them. So, like, if you, if you drank a beer and you got high. Yeah, yeah. And if you smoked, you got drunk. Winners is drugs. Um, I thought this week we could start with how you ruined weed for me, you son of a bitch. Cool. I'm into that one. <laughs> you fucking, you broke my cognitive dissonance oh, yeah. last week. So I, I was waiting because I was, I was, I mean, you know, I'm an impulsive person. So when I first smoked, when I first my, smoked my first joint and it yeah. was like was not enjoyable, I wanted to text you immediately to be like, hey, fuck face. <laughs> Thanks for ruining one of the things Weird. I love more in my <laughs> most of my life. So, yeah. Uh, something about our conversation. I can't remember if it was on the podcast or not. was mm. about, um, like, you know, you being like, oh, I wouldn't smoke it. It's not good for my health. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, like, connected with me, like you taking care of your health like i'm like oh i guess it is like a it really is like a carcinogen like you're you're lighting it on fire like you know like yeah. i know this i've always known this rationally but it never clicked until it, you were talking about your health right and right. then it, like something about that like was like well you know if jason cares about his health like you're like knows that like this is bad for his health like Maybe you should stop doing it too. And so anyways, it was just, it was not, it was not nearly as enjoyable smoking. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I'll say again, you got to try out the vape. No, stuff. but I hate you so much now. Like my favorite thing was smoking and now neither option is accessible <laughs> to me without like, yeah, but you, you knowingly said, destroying my body. There's you no said that, like you're talking, the reason why you like smoking weed is because it, it has that like punch you in the face effect, right? Yeah, but it's more about the ritual of roll. Like, you know how excited yeah, yeah, I was yeah. to buy coffee? Like, this is my first like home brewed coffee in like six months. Right. So, like, I was like, I'm so excited to have this in a joint. And, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I sat out there this morning, smoked a whole joint. Perfect. And, like, yeah, I don't know, but it but it's perfect. But now I'm like, ah. Yeah, I always forget. But like, I understand the ritual. It it does. It is great, and I I remember missing it too. Just I always really like rolling joints. That's the thing. Yeah, I, I it, like I want to get. It's something tangible that you kind of have incentive to get better at. Right. Right. right? And it's not that challenging. It's you know. Yeah. Like it's low stakes. Like if you fuck up a joint, what do you do? You just pull a new paper, re-roll it. True. 
Although you have already kind of compressed the weed into like a a log, right? Yeah, but so what? So what? Then you can put, you know, (laughs) what you're going to be like, ah, this was compressed weed. We better throw this out. Yeah, well, I'm just saying it's better when you get it on the first try. That's the best, right? Sure. Obviously. I don't don't think weed suffers from being lightly compressed (laughs) after being grinded. True, true. Like it's kind of like, We've been ground for the last few minutes to get us in the state to pour us in the wheat, like in the paper. Yeah. So why, why would light compression be like, well, the THC is breaking apart now? Well, because you I always found like um, just <laughs> just to stick with my guns here. I always found that like when you would roll a joint and it wouldn't work and you got to redo it. Mm-hmm. You have this like kind of compressed log of weed that you got to break up mm-hmm. and then your, your hands are sticky. So you're getting kind of like yeah, a yeah. bit of residue. The, the residue on your fingers and it, maybe you haven't got it perfectly um, as consistent in the, in the grind as it was prior. Right. A lot mm-hmm. of that sort of things. I mean, it's, it's a very trivial <laughs> gripe to make but yeah yeah that's something i remember these are my favorite kind of like weird things to get into with people like Mm. that you don't realize like your views are so differently like so different on something that really doesn't matter right sure do you know what i mean like it's like you can hardcore argue why is it so fun why is it so fun to argue low stakes things yeah that's because there's no core beliefs involved right that are going to challenge like what you see as your identity right yeah like if we argue about movies neither of us is going to take that personally true true right yeah and it's like but why is it so fun to argue yeah i don't know it's kind of either you (laughs) argue with people or i kind of see like there's like two default things either you're funny with friends or you're arguing with friends right totally totally yeah, like I'm not the kind of person, I see this a lot and I, I never understood it where people will say something in a, in a group and everyone else will just agree with them. Be like, yes, that's true. Or I'm totally that way as well. And I don't understand that because th- <laughs> those kind of circumstances, like why are we talking about this then? Yeah. If we both agree, if we let's all agree. move on to something else, right? Yeah, uh, yeah the, everybody agreeing can be one of the worst worst kind of outings or right. the best kind of outings like if you if you haven't had many of those group like you feel like a normal person yeah. then it can feel great but as you said like the, you need people that are yeah people that are going to offer the different perspective just right. to get yeah like i think there's two things that i like about having disagreements is one it's a way to test my ideas, right? Mm-hmm. Because like, for example, the thing we were just talking about with re-rolling joints, it's like, I never, that that idea never has been brought out into the world to see how well it flies, right? Yeah. It's just something I thought and I never challenged it myself, right? So having it brought out in a, in a conversation, now I can actually think how legitimate of a thought was that really? Right. Yeah. And see how other people react to it. Yeah. Yeah. And that sort of thing. Right. That's what I like about it. I realized that, uh, most of my idea, like most of the things on that note, like most of the things that, uh, I think are insane 
when I voice it to the world, people totally agree. Mm. And like, I find like, Oh no, you're not insane. Like most people have this common sense view of the world. Right. Like it's, it is just this crazy like internet view. That's like true. True. You know, totally skewing shit. Like I, I think that's where the, like, you know, between, between what, but what is that? Like, I don't understand. Like how, how come the people that we meet in real life, are so different than the the perspectives we see online. Like those people have to be real people somewhere, don't they? Yeah, but time spent online, I don't think I don't think normal people really seek to spend hours and hours and hours writing comments. Like like uh, yeah. You know, like I think I think if you broke it down, you know, cuz like they were saying how like 5% of the accounts of Twitter account for 85% of the tweets. Right. It's like those are either bots or people that are home a lot, like just tweeting constantly. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it just, it can't be, it, it's, and it's generally people that suffer from mental health, right? So it's like the people putting out negative shit online are usually people like recluse in their home. Yeah. Well, I think it's also a case of um, there being like an incentive to, to, to put forth a more extreme viewpoint, right? Because if you're on Twitter, I don't use Twitter, so I, I, I'm not that familiar with that platform, but mm-hmm. I imagine that it's the kind of the case where if you have just a run-of-the-mill common sense viewpoint, your tweet is not getting much traction, Yeah, right? It's when you parrot this like super woke or even on the other side, the super right-wing viewpoints, those are the ones that are going to start to get retweeted and, yeah, yeah. and get you um, a place in that conversation, yeah. right? I think we talked about this last week, right? I don't know if we talked about this. Maybe. Anyways. Um, yeah, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. But I also I don't, I think the people that are looking to get into the distraction of Twitter and get involved in these fights and whatever are people like I've realized everything is just kind of an addiction of its own. Like you're, you're distracting from doing shit by getting involved in Twitter. You know what I mean? Yeah. The emotional fight of a Twitter fight, you know, it's not, it's something you can engage in for as long as you want to and then stop, you know? Yeah, that's true. It's kind of like, yeah, but there is, um, it's, it's sort of like you're, you're getting feedback from what you do. Right. So if if you are a person who doesn't have a solidified niche in the Twitter sphere yet Mm -hmm. and you go online and you're making various tweets on different things, Mm -hmm. if your more extreme viewpoints are the ones that are suddenly getting attention, then you just naturally, based on the psychology of of the human mind, are going to. Yeah, you're going to start become more radicalized as a result of that. Right. That's true. I think getting paid to rant would be the greatest profession of all time. But mm-hmm. I also think it would be the biggest downfall to most people because I think it's so ego inflating to have your views constant. Like if people are constantly cheering on your rants, right. it's feeding that part of you that you might not want to be feeding. What do you think the danger is in, in having that ego boost? Well, like if you think you're right about everything, then like everyone else is dumb or 
and then you're going around the world thinking everyone else is dumb and like you have nothing to learn from anybody. Yeah, except the kind of people that get into that sort of talking head type role probably already think that. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind of think that. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think that uh, there's certainly people out there that are more skilled at me in various ways. Right. But I feel like I, I don't know. I don't necessarily want to put a number. In. The majority of people are are dumber than me. That's that's a that's a, a <laughs> yeah. thought I, I have frequently. So, yeah. Am I at risk of? Of a, of a. This is when I wish I was good at quotes because I was just thinking about a like a daily stoic like oh, quote yeah. right. thing about like if you think the world are fools then you have nothing to gain you know like it's like <laughs> a it's like a something yeah. Well, there's also the the quote that's it's like think of a, a person with average intelligence, right, and realize that means that fifty percent of people are dumber than that person. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's the circumstance that you're in. I I don't know. I, I I guess if I'm really pressed on it, I don't think I'm smarter than everyone. I think that I'm I'm certainly I have put more effort into refining certain ideas that other people have not put in. So in that sphere, um, I just have better ideas. Mm. Right. That would be my belief. The better I love that you always come back to this better ideas thing, because yeah. I like like I kind of resonate to that, but in a different way. Like I, um, I'm always like I have better ideas about how to live life well. Yeah. I feel like people yeah. aren't living life well. Right. It's like I, I know how I could improve anyone's life. It's like you should be doing this occasionally. You really like to do this. Take time to do this for yourself every Saturday, or you know some shit like that. Like people just like don't give themselves permission to have fun in a way that I do. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's an area where you've, you've developed and refined your beliefs and ideas and skills. Yeah. So you have some sort of authority in that area, right? Yeah. So like, what are your ideas like that? Like that are like, like me feeling like other people don't know how to like enjoy life as much as I do. Like what, what's something like that that you would imme- that immediately comes to mind? I, for me, it's, it's about critical reflection, right? So I, th- I believe that I'm very good at looking at ideas without putting too much like bias into it in the sense of like, I don't, if something challenges like my lifestyle or my identity I'm, I'm less likely to, to try to disagree with it based on that. I'm much more likely to look at ideas and thoughts purely from its truth value and its abilities to stand up against conflicting ideas. Yeah. That, that's, to me, my, the area where I think I'm, I'm better than a lot of people. Do you remember the last time you had one of those? Like, uh, kind of like really challenging ones that were like, yeah, I wish I could bring one up because I know there, I I know that it'll come to me eventually in circumstances where um, I didn't accept something that everyone else believed and it worked out quite well. Like something down the line re- was revealed um, that um, 
showed that my me not accepting that idea was the correct thing but i can't is this your toilet paper investment (laughs) no 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 that was that was pure luck that was pure luck i didn't know that was gonna happen (laughs) um no i i wish i wish i had some examples for you yeah um there's also i mean there is also a, a type of cognitive bias where you're more likely to remember the times that you're right mm. than the times that you've been wrong. Right, right. So I have to be careful not to make that mistake, right? Yeah, you you learn that the most in gambling. Mm, right. You only remember the wins. You never, like... Yeah, yeah. I mean, you remember some loss. Like, some losses are epic. Like, But in general, you think you're winning more than you're winning mm-hmm. and losing less than you're losing. And the same can be true if if someone came to me and said, you know what is your what are your examples of the times that your capacity for critical reasoning has produced really good ideas it's like i'm going to remember those but there could be all of these times where it's produced awful ideas and i'm just ignoring those right yeah well that's the th- like uh, th- that's like when people talk about how like comedians, for example, talk about how like they always have their best ideas high and whatever. Oh yeah. It's like I don't I don't think like I doubt that's true. Do you know what I mean? I just mm-hmm. can't imagine their brain is functioning better high than not. They might come up with the premise high. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you know, because it sparks imagination, but there's no way they have like got their wording any way in which it'll be in the final form in that. In yeah, that that's that's an interesting one because it's like how do you how do you tell, right? Because the one thing that I find with smoking weed is that a lot of things are much more like my my filter is like reduced, right? So I'm thinking of a circumstance like this was a long time ago, like when I was really young, but I remember smoking weed and just opening a, a can of Elfagetti's. And just putting a little garlic powder on it and eating it. And it tasted amazing, mm-hmm. right? And then the next day, I was like, oh, great, a nice little snack. So I tried it again, and it was absolutely awful, right? <laughs> so it's like that's what happens when you smoke weed. It's like you you can't be a good judge of things, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so like you might think you have the best ideas high, but it could just be that you're you're judging them much less harshly at in that moment time right for sure and like i mean most drugs give you the idea that your ideas are the best idea yeah at the time right like that's a known thing to anyone that uses drugs it's like most drugs make you feel confident like i'm gonna change my life i've got that business idea and (laughs) yeah yeah. i've got the best idea i'm gonna bring maca root to you know the fucking north america and deal it you know um the but there also is this idea that creativity is exactly that right it's like um you know some people are considered creative and some people would say they're not creative right Mm -hmm. and what's the difference between those people and some people say that everybody just has random ideas popping up and it's like creative people are the ones that are willing to play with that idea for a bit and develop it right Mm -hmm. whereas people are considered uncreative are shooting those ideas down immediately yeah and that's the difference right yeah it's like i like 
I often think of artwork I would mm-hmm. like to make. Do I follow through on any of it? No. Because mm-hmm. my first thought is, oh, that seems really hard. I'd have to learn stuff. Yeah, and so uh, <laughs> a creative artist is someone that that just tries it anyways. Yeah. Right? And says, okay, yeah. let's give it a shot, right? Well, and they don't mind making mistakes. That's another right. thing you learn about artists. Like It's like they're willing to make mistakes, generally speaking. Yeah, yeah. No, there's not many artists that are like, ah, perfection. Because like, they, they wouldn't start to, like they wouldn't do enough work to get good at it, you know? Yeah, and also the one one thing that was a big challenge for me was finishing a, an, a piece of art that I didn't like, right? Because like if you, if you produce something and it's amazing the whole way through, it's effortless to complete it. But what if you make like a small mistake that no one else is going to notice, but to you, you, you can, you just, and then you don't want to continue, right? Hugely. Yeah. yeah. That was always my Did challenge. you ever do art in school? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I did, uh, I, I did a lot of that sort of stuff. So. Till like what age? Um, I mean, I would still consider it a hobby of mine to. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, not so much. I haven't in like the last year or so because I've been focusing on other things. But yeah, like I, I, I d- I've done lots of drawing and a little bit of painting and stuff like yeah. that. So. Oh, that's cool. I yeah. didn't know that. Learn something new every day. Yeah, um, I, I don't necessarily talk about it a lot because I don't know. It's like talking. Hey, about- man, can I show you <laughs> my art? Yeah, yeah I, I that would remind me of that like twenty year old guy that's trying too hard that like carries his sketchbook around and it's just oh like, yeah yeah right exactly it would be weird for you to be uh, doing that yeah that that's I've never been that person I've, <laughs> it's just it's for me it's always been a just a way to um, keep my brain doing something that doesn't come naturally right. I guess. Right. It's like visual, aesthetic, artistic stuff isn't something that I would say I'm naturally good at. So to to try to do it, I feel like, you know, makes me develop a part of me that I otherwise wouldn't, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So Hmm. Um, I was thinking about, you know, what attitude like I was thinking specifically of those, those dudes that are like really high energy, like, Hey guys, what's up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Is there any redeeming quality that can be learned from those dudes? Like what can I learn from this dude's high tempo in your face, trying to be crazy charming? I don't think you personally could learn much because I think a lot of the things that you could learn from someone like that you already do pretty well oh my god though but like i don't i don't get that like like i relate to a dog in a lot of ways but like those dudes seem really like attention like they need to have everyone's attention on them do you know what i mean yeah like so like if i go into a room it's like i can have the attention on me that's fine i don't love it right but like a dude like that is looking for that every time he goes to every bar or every anything. Yeah, but I guess it's kind of like sports, right? What it's, do you mean? Well, you watch people playing... I fucking love sports. I hate that I can't watch sports anymore. <laughs> Anyways, continue. Well, we're going to have to talk about why you can. But, 
It, but let me just finish this thought. Um, so you're, you're watching sports. You're watching these people play this game, right? That has no, there's no purpose. Like they, there's no stakes. Who wins, who loses. Society is <laughs> going to continue on just as it is. Your life is going to continue on just yeah. as it is. Nothing matters about this game. Yeah. But you're, you're looking at these people that have devoted their entire lives to being the best at this pot, this game to the yeah. absolute extreme. What's the value in that? I'm going to throw your own <laughs> argument back in your face from a few weeks ago. That's the nihilist argument. It's like, why do you, like, why does anyone do any job? It's all pointless. Like whether or not you work for McDonald's for 40 yeah, years, right. did you have an impact or did you just serve a bunch of people fucking hamburgers? But sports are particularly in my mind, an abstract thing to You've entertained about. millions of people for years. Like, there's, there's not a lot of things that sell tickets, right? Like, it's really hard to sell tickets to anything. Yeah. Yes. So, you can say that it's entertaining, but th- you have to give me more than that. Like, you have to tell me the, pr- the precise... Would you, not, would you not say it's a biological need to be entertained in life? Well, what it, what's more what valuable to humans than being entertained? Think about campfire shit. The guy with the guitar is the is the like, you know. Yes, I I understand. What I'm saying is, what particularly about watching a, a group, two groups of grown men chase after a ball or women? It's 2021, <laughs> right? Right, or women chase after a ball and. What is like what is specifically about that is entertaining? Uh, to a large portion of people, yeah, seeing uh, we were taught like the the frivolous things to argue about, right? Mm-hmm. I can say I fucking hate this guy because he loves the color blue because he he loves his team. Yeah, okay, that's Do you fair. know what I mean? Yeah, there's not many places in society I get to go around saying someone's a cunt for liking a certain club. Do you know so, what I mean? so you're saying it's pure tribalism? Absolutely. And here's the thing: it to me, it's healthy tribalism. So, like the people that are not into sports, to me, take it to things like politics, which is why you see what's happening now. Right? Is like it's less um, forced on society. Like I feel like sports used to be really forced on society. Right? Like if you were a guy that wasn't into sports, it's like, what are you fucking gay? You know? Like right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like. And like now that we're going away from it, right? I feel like there's less and less people into sports. Yes, sports is always growing, but like it's not growing at the rate that like had it continued what it was in like the seventies, right? And so like So I, I think that's that's a very good point. I didn't think about that. I mean I've thought about that in the past. I've never considered that a good thing that sports in creates these uh different sides and, and you're you're vote, you're for this team and I'm for that team and you know I never thought of that as a good thing maybe it is because of how harmless yeah. it is with the exception of your occasional riot and things like that <laughs> sure that does occur really <laughs> who, who, who does a riot harm everybody that's, small businesses <laughs> well sure but most people are choosing to participate in the in the riot yeah well as far as physical injury and stuff goes, that's where I thought you were headed with this. I agree with you about the small businesses. Those are the people that lose in a riot. Yeah. But yeah, like like sports in general, the the 
the idea that like it's the one time you can like scream like a maniac at a stranger yeah yeah like there's all these like really like just these things that like you cannot do in society that we're all kind of repressing right because we're all trying to live in a civil whatever so um the i guess the the direction i was hoping to head on on that was um i've sort of heard you touch before on sports in terms of it providing something of a narrative for you like Mm -hmm. like i don't really understand that but i think that's something you've talked about do you mean do you mean narrative for me personally yeah yeah like like because i remember things well about it well i'm thinking more like this person's career yeah or something right like they oh yeah like enough like it's meaningful enough that like i would get them tattooed on me yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) no no i I don't know maybe i'm you're like whoa i can't believe you would get a sports star tattooed on you that seems a bit extreme to me yeah that's hilarious it's almost certainly gonna happen so is that what you mean by like the narrative thing like connecting really hard to certain players like every because it's like you know like i've now or i did watch for 20 some years now right it's something like that like 2002 to 2003 uh was when i started so um and so there's been like three players in that time that like blew my mind that like for sure I would get tattooed on my. So what, in what was it that like maybe give me an example of one and what like week in week out, it's like the most insane shit you've ever seen in your life. Like, it's just like, I, I can't believe this dude is like, it's like impossible. Like it's, it's, it's lightning in a bottle shit. Like it's like these dudes are playing against other professionals and they're making them look like elementary kids. Like, or like, it's just like, he shouldn't be able to do that. Let's like computer game shit. Like it's just like, uh, yeah. So you're seeing this display of, of skill that's, inspiring to you in a sense right? well yeah and you've seen this you've seen the sport played for your whole life and so you're seeing it played in a way that you didn't even know was possible so that's the thing it's like someone unlocking because like that's that's the thing about sports it's like a it's like a game that has limitless possibilities like we would just dribble in the backyard trying to create tricks to burn people right it's like yeah. because there was no youtube like kids must be fucking crazy now like at burning each other Mm. but like um trying like just you could you you don't have to be playing soccer to be learning do you know i mean you can be thinking in your head of all the possible shit what if i try this what if i try this right and so it's like yeah sports is yeah so that what you just said there would be how what i would say is the value to be found in super extroverted outgoing people. That was the direction I was trying to go. What do you mean? Well, you're seeing uh, there's this, this world where someone is top of their game and they're, they're displaying this, this refined skill in such a level in a world where all of this, all this possibility can occur. And you're seeing this person demands this amount of attention from the world, they've developed a skill set mm-hmm. that 
allows them to get that from people and it's Mm -hmm. it's kind of amazing to watch it happen right yeah in in the same way that's that sports is to see these people who are so great at this one particular skill just and to watch it unfold right yeah that's well and it's it's also like uh just everybody's unique right so it's like again it's like you can see everything you like you need to know about a guy based on how he plays soccer do you know what i mean like yeah, you, you yeah. learn a lot about the person on how they play and like there's there's just endless stories like i, I was telling you that i was going to talk to you about jamie vardy at one point because mm. this guy is like he defies all odds like he's 36 year old years old i think now that's probably i i always add two years he's probably like 32 <laughs> but he's like ancient for a striker right oh, yeah, yeah but he's and he relies totally on speed and so usually with a guy that is over 30 it's like you go downhill but this guy this guy's like the absolute rat king like he he looks he's this scrawny little white dude who drinks a red bull before the game like it's <laughs> like he's you know he smokes he talks about like he's just like not your prototypical prototypical like athlete in 2021 like he's a guy that like doesn't take care of himself but like he fucking destroys people like he's so good like he just scores all the time and like um i can't remember why we're talking about why we're talking about well i mean to me that that is what where sports are at their best is when you can see because it's like you you're finding the patterns Right, you're seeing this person who has certain characteristics, and they're able to succeed at this very fishbowl-like circumstance. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like it makes you feel like, can I apply that in my life, in the things that I do? Like, I'm not necessarily having to to perform at that level, but if this person can, maybe I can. At 36, drink a Red Bull and s- <laughs> smoke cigarettes and still. Yeah compete with people but half my age or something right but it, again it's it's that's why i was sharing it i forgot it was the back to the narrative was of like vardy's life mm. so like he the way england works is there's like four tiers and so like you basically you get relegated or promoted up yeah, and yeah. down this yeah. whole league right and so he basically took his team from the fourth league to the premier league right mm-hmm. and so like most people what happens in in soccer is like you if you're the top goal scorer of a shitty team like a promoted team the top teams come poach your striker basically right because right. it's like oh sweet striker showed up and this guy scores prem goals so we we should fucking buy him and they offer these low teams whatever and they can't afford to keep them because it's just it's so much money mm-hmm but Vardy has always stayed at this club. Like, like it's he's always had the opportunity to go to all these top clubs, and he's one of these rare people that's like, nah, fuck you guys. Like, I, I like fuck the establishment. I don't, you know. And like this again, it's just, it's so to his nature. He he loves being an underdog. Like, mm. with the, with fans not being there right now, it's criminal because this is like the last few years of his career and he is the taunt king. Like he sets off like riots in the stands and stuff because oh, yeah. <laughs> of his celebrations and stuff. Just like silent, like, you know, like going 
his favorite thing is to go to away stadiums and score, right? And just silence the fans mm-hmm. running around shushing them and shit like this. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I like that narrative is what propels me to want to watch sports because it's like I wish I was that dude, right? Like it's yeah. like that I I love playing the heel as well. Like there's there's no better feeling than upsetting 40,000 people. Like that's a that's a dream of mine. <laughs> You know. So I guess that begs the question, why can't you watch sports anymore? Like what? Oh, changed? modern sports is just difficult to watch. It's just, let's not get into it. It's just all about okay. video replay. It's, it's horseshit. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense. It's all terrible. Because sports are supposed to be about the emotion. Right. And all these pauses and stuff, it just ruins all the, you can't celebrate goals because you think they're going to come back. And it's, yeah. Anyways. Mm the whole thing makes sense it's the whole thing yeah yeah if they ever create weed though that doesn't interfere with like memory at all <laughs> holy shit well like, that's one thing that i cannot even pretend is worse it's like staying on track it's like oh fuck they have invented weed that it's called cbd you know what i mean like no no i i don't think you know what i mean it, <laughs> they've actually done studies on on the the effect this is actually a good topic because i've i'm okay. surprised this isn't something that more people know about okay it's like so it's uncontroversial that weed affects your short-term memory right that's something that mm-hmm. happens to people well specifically thc right causes issues with short-term memory what they found is that you can take um what are called uh non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, which are basically over-the-counter medications like acetaminophen, uh, ibuprofen, aspirin, those sort of of things. Um, If you take one of those while smoking weed, you don't have the problems with short-term memory, right? Hmm. The problem with non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs is they're, they're not good to take regularly. Terrible for your liver and stomach. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, yeah, your liver and stomach are exactly. Um, but the the reason why they work is because they're anti-inflammatory mechanisms, right? CBD has the same anti-inflammatory mechanism. And if you uh, forgive the medical term, but co-administer THC and CBD together at a certain ratio, you don't have the the problems with short-term memory. Interesting. Yeah. And it's, and like most people have been trying to breed CBD out of yeah, strains, yeah. right? Right. I did smoke, uh, I smoked, what did I smoke last week? It was like 22% CBD, oh, 8% yeah. THC or something like that. Yeah, yeah. God, those are disappointing. Yeah, so unfortunately, <laughs> that is the stuff that's going to, is going to keep your short-term memory intact. I mean, obviously, the t- the problems with short-term memory are are temporary. They don't. They're not. It's not lasting yeah. effects, right? So whatever. But I, I like that's the downside with weed. I wish weed had the effect of alcohol. Mm. Like, so if I could trade the effects, I would rather be drunk what, from smoking. You know. Like I don't understand what what is it about alcohol that you're missing? Okay. This is such a high thought. I, <laughs> I realized I didn't connect any dots. Okay, so like, if I could switch them, so like if you if you drank a beer and you got high, 
Yeah, yeah. And if you smoked, you got drunk. That would be my preferred. <laughs> I don't understand why on earth you would want that. Because what is feeling drunk is better than feeling high. Like, I don't lose track when I'm drunk. Yeah, but I'm... Like, I'm confused as to why you'd want, you'd want to smoke something. Because I enjoy smoking. I don't enjoy drinking ah, as much. I see, I see. So you like the, you like the ritual of... of yeah, the, drinking's too easy. It's just, right, oh, I right. can just walk over to the fridge and go... And it's like... I've, I've, that's why I've never really been... Like, I've, I've always figured if alcohol had more of a ritual, I'd be like an alcoholic rather than a guy that's into weed. It's just not that appealing. Yeah, except alcohol has the most ritual of any drug, right? We go to bars. Culture and, around it. No, no, no. Yeah. Culture around it. But not like the ritual's not that hard. It's like you can get into like making mojitos and true, blah, blah, true. blah. But yeah. for the most part, you just walk over to your fridge and pop a cap and that's it. Yeah, but the ritual is, is the, the drinking part. Like what I, what I have the hardest time, I don't like the effect of being drunk at all. But what I really like is the, the sitting there with friends, just having something to, to, to drink, right? And the thing is, it's like there aren't really suitable replacement beverages because um, the, I would just drink them too fast, right? Like a beer is, just has enough of a bite to it that I have to drink it relatively slowly and I can just kind of chill with friends, right? That's right. the ritual. right. Whereas if you just if you just smoked a, a alcohol joint, that would completely oh that'd be the best. get rid of it. <laughs> just immediately getting fucked up drunk. I I would love that so much. And no, you would also have no hangover the next day, so you'd immediately be drunk. So you'd be the good drunk. It'd be the perfect drunk. It'd be like the like three beer buzz kind of drunk. I feel like you're describing like ketamine or something like that. Where has this- <laughs> what ketamine would do. It's it. I I wouldn't say it's. I don't know. For me, it feels a lot like being drunk. We really do end up talking about drugs on this podcast yeah, well, a lot. <laughs> I mean, we really did nail the uh, topic. The topic. Um, yeah, I I think a lot of people would probably disagree with me on this. I really don't like ketamine, um, but I found it to have a similar effect to feeling drunk to me. Why did you not like it? Because I don't like that effect. Like I don't like being drunk either. I find it's a very numbing, dulling type of effect where I'm like. But is that ketamine? Like so? Like I I've only heard of ketamine from like um, you know them doing like clinical trials in India for like major depression and stuff like that. Right. And so like people talk about it like feeling womb like and stuff. So I'm surprised like you you didn't. No, I didn't feel that at all. It felt, felt more drunk. Yeah, like it felt like a just a a sloppy kind of drunk kind of feeling. I'm I'm sure people would disagree with me on this, but I have heard people talk about um, there's a there's a synthetic drug that's similar to ketamine called MXE, which I think is almost nearly impossible to get nowadays because um, it's really hard to make. But for a while there, it was accessible and. Um, I remember having conversations with people who sort of asked the question, could any drug replace alcohol in a, in this, in a social setting? And it was people considered MXE to be that, Hmm. that candidate drug to, to say like, if we could just legalize all drugs, would any one of the, you know, the modern 
substances that are used recreationally, could any of them take the place of alcohol and MXC? I guess I've never tried it, but has that possibility? But that that's you see that's a, that's interesting because uh, you know like I would replace the smoking to get drunk mm. versus the drinking, but no, I wouldn't take a pill versus not drinking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, well, I mean, with ketamine and MXC, it's it's more of a uh, internasally snorting type oh, drug. Okay. So I don't know how you feel about those but <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have any thoughts I, I i honestly don't know anything about that are those considered poppers Mm-mm. i don't know no it's like cocaine stuff. right you just get a straw and you snort it, i don't right? know anything about most drugs surprisingly yeah, yeah. I, I just know all about hippie drugs but you know about cocaine right you understand uh, i mean to a degree i i definitely wouldn't say i'm a pro at it I mean, it, if you really want, you can, uh, uh, with something like MXE or ketamine, you can, um, I don't remember the term for it, but I think you can inject it sort of up, up the <laughs> the anal cavity to get a really good buzz off of it. I was, just start, I was about to start <laughs> describing your hand motion. Jason <laughs> yeah. seems to be indicating... Yeah, yeah. I went down that line not realizing <laughs> what I'd have to describe. But <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm not really a huge like jam drugs up my ass uh, kind of guy. Yeah, so it's not, a, not a huge. That wouldn't be a like. This is gonna make it more pleasurable. But you wouldn't have to drink. I, I don't know. I mean, I I think the the there's two things about alcohol that I I like. One is is the ritual of having something just to to interact with in a social setting, Mm -hmm. right? Like you just get to, you know, you don't always have to be talking. You could just be nursing a beer or, um, yeah, that, that I really like. And the other thing I like about alcohol is, is the, the, the way that it comes on slowly, right? Alcohol? Yeah. I don't know. Well, like, (laughs) so, uh, not if, not if you're an anxious drinker. True, but the thing is, it's like you can you can moderate the the effect by by how much you're drinking, right? But like like so I like how do you when you go drinking? Do you when I'm out in public? I have such social anxiety that I shouldn't be there. I'm constantly drinking, like it's just it's like I'm constantly picking up my glass. Yeah, true. Even though I'm trying to in my head say slow down you're going to get drunk. It's like, uh, you got to be doing something. You, you can't just be sitting here. You're not allowed to just sit here. Right. You know? Right. And so I, it's like, yeah, this whole, I get that. I I've had that in circumstances where I was just really uncomfortable in a, in a social mm-hmm. setting where I was just pounding the drinks back. But in most cases, um, you can, or rather I can, can just control the buzz, right? Like, Oh, I, I'm, if I'm drinking at this particular rate, mm-hmm. I'm going to feel it at this level and then no more. Or I can... I still have been good, good at that. Just feel riding that. Yeah, yeah. Perfect wave for a while, right? Like. Yeah, so I get, maybe it's, it's not for everyone, but it is possible to do that. I, found, I find other drugs you can. 
like you can't do that with marijuana it's like you're either blasted or you're not right <laughs> well I, I don't know edibles are middle of the road uh with i find with edibles it's like i find it's just like you you eat an edible and it's just like nothing 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 and you're like oh shit i'm really high at one point you just realize that you're completely stoned that's how edibles work for me yeah it is just a moment of like oh i'm more fucked up than i thought yeah is that kind of what happens like i'm just kind of like everything feels like they're kind of boring to me and i'm kind of like i can't believe this isn't doing anything to me it's like two and a half hours in right but then i like go to do something that like takes motor skills and you're like oh okay like i exactly i am fucked up but like that's i find that's what i mean by like if you don't have the punch you in the face part yeah, I don't. Why are I don't you doing like drugs. I don't like a drug that sneaks up on you like that, like edible does. That that's <laughs> like the worst kind, where you're just like you eat it. There's a little bit of anxiety when you first eat it because you're not sure how it's gonna affect you, and then you kind of like two hours go by and you're like, okay, nothing's happening, whatever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're blasted high, and you're like, oh fuck. Right? Do you remember the first few times you did your hat like eat or? drink and wait to see kind of drugs like how yeah. freaked out you were about that oh yeah yeah like what like was there any any drug time that like was more anxiety inducing than that uh you like were you afraid to smoke weed the first time were you afraid to yeah i mean th- not sure like uh, there's a lot of drugs like say like lsd or like the psychedelics in particular that there's always that waiting period and you're very i find it a very anxious but in this in a in a weird way it's also kind of fun because it's like you're there's this anticipation you're like what's going to happen especially i found that a lot with like doing psychedelics with other people right it's like you you take the drug and you're all kind of sitting around and there's this heightened tension because you're all kind of waiting and you're all you're all like paying paying like extra close attention to what what's happening in your body you're like oh what was that sensation was that something that's normal or was that something that i yeah yeah is happening as the result of this substance i just took right i still i've only tried once so like it was only one time my friend came home or my roommate at the time uh and he's just like it's like some random summer after it's the classic like you're doing nothing 20s yeah guy comes home with mushrooms from the local bar and is like hey uh you guys ever done mushrooms me and my friend were like no he's like you game and we're like sure we're mm-hmm. not doing anything so we just sat ate mushrooms and then yeah we're like doing the waiting around for whatever yeah and they just never kicked in for me and uh, like yeah right i don't know like i now know it's probably because i need a shitload of whatever mm. and i probably just didn't eat enough like at all it was like, truly a microdose microdose yeah that that sucks i remember a, a circumstance where um i was really young like in my I was think I was still like 18 or 19. Um, actually, no, I was actually still in high school. And we went to this, like, um, some kind of bar that becomes, like, an after bar that doesn't serve alcohol where people... Or, like, a after-hours club, I guess they called them. Okay. 
So once once you can no longer serve alcohol after two o'clock, like last call, um, some bars become these after hours clubs and you can just go and they play music and no alcohol is served. Obviously, in those circumstances, a lot of drugs are being done. Right. Um, so I went to one of those and we bought some uh, MDMA from someone there. Right. And uh, pretty sketchy person. Right. So we, we bought this with this MDMA um, and most of what we bought was complete. Wasn't really MDMA except for for the one that I took. Right. So I, so everybody else that I was with, they didn't get anything mm. off of this. And I got just I was just sitting there like completely high off my phone. Do, right? do you think this has to do with your low tolerance thing? Do you think it was just like MDMA cut down to such a level that it still affected you because like, you know, weed tolerance? Um, no, that that does that does actually happen to me a lot in this particular circumstance, because we confronted the the guy that. Uh, we bought it from and he said oh yeah I told you guys that only one pill was MDMA and the rest were this other chemical I don't remember what he said it was Um, but it clearly wasn't anything right (laughs) so in in that particular case it was only the pill that I took but um, I think my friends were kind of pissed off about it because they they kept like saying things to me like oh you know with mdma be careful of how much water you drink and right. and you're and yeah. they were just like piling on the the downsides while i was high and it was really it's the worst yeah really like, uncomfortable. this isn't the time to do it yeah exactly like just let me enjoy this and yeah if if i pass out or something then be there for me but yeah yeah my time one of my times when I was like really fucked up, either on acid or mushrooms, someone was like, you're going to jump out the window. I was like, yeah, why right. <laughs> would you put that in my head on the way up? Like, you know, it's like, you know, because, yeah. yeah, you'll start to believe insane shit. Yeah, like the total like um, set and setting thing applies yeah. here. Right? It's like at, at a certain point, it's like, yeah, you don't want to be hearing that at all. You know, you know, like your rational not high mind is like okay most of those are fabricated blah 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 it was like made up scare straight tactics most people are fine no one reports their drug use so it's like you don't we don't know that like 99 percent of trips are totally fine (laughs) you know yeah yeah and, and on the flip side i've been in a circumstance where doing lsd with friends um and we had someone who he just couldn't handle lsd um he it was like he just his brain wasn't made for it or something. So mm-hmm. he was completely sober and we were all doing LSD and like halfway through the trip, um, he just all of a sudden said, Hey, everyone, I want you all to know everything's going to be okay. Right. <laughs> he just said that randomly. And it was like, so perfect for me at that moment. I was like, Oh, that is exactly what I needed to hear at this. That is not how I would have reacted to that. I'd be like, where's his weapon? And is he going to kill us right now? No, I mean... (laughs) Everything's going to be okay, guys. Everything's going to be okay. (laughs) He slowly plunges a a knife into my neck. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, he was a trusted friend. (laughs) I I wasn't thinking that. Maybe I should have been. I don't know. I don't know. for For me, there's like... If people are on drugs, there's a different context to, to, to sayings, you know, like, it's like, I just, I, I don't trust people when they're on drugs. Cause, cause 
so altered. like if you're in a, a circumstance where you have a trip sitter like let's say you're doing a psychedelic and you have someone there who's mm-hmm. just there to see you through the experience how do you want them to act? i've i've considered it a lot doing that I never thought I needed it, but the last time I've done anything was the 8.5 grams mm. time. And so I'm a little terrified now about <laughs> right. doing it alone again. So uh, that's not true. I, I shouldn't. I'm, I, I'm, drugs really don't intimidate me that much. It's more like I'd prefer not to do 8.5 grams again unless I'm doing a guided meditation. Yeah. Because yeah. it got pretty insane at points. And so like... I can't remember what the point of this was. Uh, I just was curious, like, what what do you want to see if you are in a, a circumstance where someone's guiding you through a trip? Like, what do you want them to provide for you? Like, what is what are the safety nets or rather or things like that that they're just physical safety? I think mm-hmm. like just that's the only thing that my mind ever panics about is physical safety, just that something will happen and I won't be able to respond to it. Yeah. Like you've told me before that you wanted someone who could physically restrain you. If you, yeah. Like I wouldn't want someone that's like four foot nine trip sitting me. Yeah. That's like, I'm going to shrug you off. But what is the, I guess for me, like I don't feel like I have any, I'm not in any danger of, of acting out in a physical way. That I need someone to restrain me, right? Well, that's the thing 8.5 grams of mushrooms <laughs> will tell you. It taught me that my body starts to spasm and does get physically out of control. Like I was genuinely worried a lot about just like spasming and elbowing my ex-girlfriend in the face who I had to call over. Yeah. Like to yeah. help me out. It was ludicrous. Like I was like, oh, I have totally done the classic thing of underestimating mushrooms because my first time on 4.5 went so well, right? And I was so in control. And so, yeah, 8.5 taught me that it can, your body can be, or your mind can be affected so much that it starts to physically. Yeah, I've I've never done 8.5, so that's crazy. (laughs) Like I was just like whipping knees and elbows, like just, it was crazy. I was like, this is nothing about this is connected to my what i'm trying to actually do so you don't you don't feel like you could have been talked down from that kind of thing like well like i i remember at 8.5 thinking how laughable it is that people like all those stories about people committing suicide and whatever on too high a dose of mushrooms or or something like that it's like i was fucking paralytic in a bed like just like the idea i could even get vertical right to get out of my room like ludicrous like it's like my my i couldn't stand my legs would just be jelly and fall apart like it yeah that's um i've never heard of these mushroom induced suicide stories but well like 
like mushroom and acid like people talked about jumping out windows and stuff all the time you don't remember those wasn't it degrassi or something like that yeah but are, are we are they were they telling the truth or was that no overblown? no no. that's what i'm saying it's like the it's like the whole abduction uh thing in the 90s like it's yeah. just like a small stat that they hyped into this like right you know keep your way keep your kids away from these hard hallucinogenic drugs you'll get you know super fucked up and yeah the one the one that i think the closest I came to something like that was, was Selvia. I don't know if you ever tried that. No, I, it always scared me. It is a, it was a frightening experience. Like <laughs> I, I took it, I was in bed. They're like, just keep your blinds closed. Um, you know, all of that stuff. So, so I, <laughs> wait, did they say keep your blinds closed because of that video online? I don't know. Do you know the one I'm talking about? (laughs) There's like a kid in a trailer that smokes salvia and then he ends up jumping out his blinds like through his window. Right, right. That's that is the kind of circumstance you could find yourself. Okay, sorry, I interrupted you. uh, No, no, that's a very that was actually a very good thing to bring up because that is exactly the kind of thing that you would want someone there to physically restrain you from doing. Right. Right? Like the circumstance I had was I was in my room blinds were closed but there was a tear in in the there were curtains not blinds there was a tear in the curtains and so i i took salvia and the light coming in from the tear started to look like it was kind of flowing in and it Mm -hmm. it started to morph into like the face of a demon right and i got freaked out and i bolted out of the room and i I was in a two-story uh apartment at the time and i was like trying to run down the stairs and this it was nearly impossible for me to do i very Mm -hmm. nearly um just completely tumbled my ass all the way down the stairs um definitely that drug you want to have someone there to restrain (laughs) you it there's some insane videos of people smoking salvia and jumping out like second floors or like yeah you at least want your friend to like grab your ankle you know to be like (laughs) consider not doing it what especially since it's so it it's over so quickly like they don't even have to really restrain you for very long yeah it's like five minutes right right yeah yeah i i just remember it's like um you know you were like Oh, I shouldn't tell you the downsides of Kratom before you try it. Someone told me the downsides. They were like, oh, it really burns your throat to smoke. It does, yeah. And so I'm like, fuck, I'm out. No, hate that. I hate that feeling more than most. Yeah, except it's like they have extracts, right? So you can get um, these like 300x salvia extracts that are just like a very super concentrated version. Mm-hmm. So so that's the only time I tried to sell them many times and I could never really get an effect from it because the, I couldn't take in enough of the smoke. It was just too much, right, mm. for me to handle, yeah. right? And then I got this 300X uh, extract and that's the only time I ever had an effect from it because you only had to inhale such a small amount right, right. to get it to work, right? Yeah. I I wish I still wanted to explore drugs on some level. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I I kind of hate how I view addiction and drugs like use now in general. Like I, like Gabor Mate's book really fucked me up. The what? <laughs> Gabor Mate's book. Oh, um, yeah, I didn't I don't know. In that. the realm of hungry ghosts. 
Yeah, you've mentioned that before. Yeah. Me. He basically just explains, like, childhood trauma is the reason everybody does drugs. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it's like, if if you could guarantee that the human existence had no trauma, in which is impossible to do, in raising your kids, then you might be able to escape addiction or... But, it, well, but drug use isn't about drug use isn't necessarily about addiction though. Yeah, and there's I think the the problem for me the biggest problem with like '90s drug propaganda, I think that really pissed me off the most was that the idea that all drugs are the same, mm-hmm. right? It's they're not. There's very different each like something like cocaine, something like crystal meth, something like heroin. Those are completely different drugs from LSD and mushrooms and DMT and things like that. Right. They're different in how they affect you. They're different in how likely you are to get addicted to them. And the reasons that you do them are completely different. Right. How do you think, how do you think people should talk to kids about drugs now? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Hmm. I, I think, like, do you want your cool uncle to like, 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 do you want kids eventually? I don't know. But, um, yeah, no, I've, I've actually thought about that subject about how, if I had kids, how would yeah. I talk to them about it? And literally what I just said, I would make sure that they understand the distinction between what I would consider dangerous and, and, um, unhealthy drugs and ones that could be used in a, in a healthy way to sort of explore your inner world or gain a better perspective on, on things like, uh, psychedelics. Right. Are you like, would you, okay. So say, uh, you happen to overhear your daughter say she was out at a park yesterday running around high on acid with her friends. Well, how old are we talking? She's 15. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I think I would, I would approach it in the sense of like, you have to be careful with these drugs, right? You can't just take Well, it. that's the thing. Nothing happened. You're hearing about this the day after. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, are you disciplining that? Are you having a talk about that? Or are you letting it go? Cause it's just kind of like, I don't know. No, I'm, I'm doing shit. I'm having a, the very least to talk about it because yes, the, the drug itself, it's like, who said this on that, um, what was that show? The, the Netflix show, uh, where the, it was like an animated podcast. I don't remember the name of it. Um, it's it's escaping me, but on that show, the first episode, they said it really well. And they said, no drug is bad. It's the circumstance, right? Right. It's like in certain circumstances, Xanax is, is exactly what you need. Right. In other circumstances, LSD is exactly what you need. Right. 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 That's maybe the, the approach you should take with children. It's like when you're on a playground running around, LSD is not, that's not the right circumstance for that, for that chemical. Right. Unless it is. Well, I would argue what that if it you, isn't. What if, it, what if you have a mind blowing experience? Uh, I mean, that's possible. Are you saying a kid, what was the scenario? Uh, running around a playground high on acid. Yeah. With kids your own age. Yeah. Yeah. Who gives a shit? I just, (laughs) I just think that the, there's, it's just, 
it might be dangerous, right? Because, I mean, for one, like we were saying before, particularly when you're younger, people aren't necessarily taking into account your, your altered state when they tell you things, right? They might say something to you that really fucks with you just because they're inconsiderate about what is going through your head at that point, right? I guess so. I, I, think, I think it all depends on how drugs affect you, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause like if someone says something to me on acid, that doesn't affect my trip. Really? No, like it's, it's a very insular process. Huh? Cause I find that I'm so much more receptive to what people are saying to me. If I'm on a psychedelic, like that's the time when you can actually get into my subconscious if you want to and say something to, that's going to fuck with me for like the next two months or something. Right. <laughs> Whereas for me, it's like uh, it breaks down an anxiety wall where I would normally not say anything because I don't want the conflict. If I'm high on something or fucked up on something, I'm more likely to speak what I actually am thinking. Yeah, that's true. I I've been, I've been in that, that circumstance as well, where, where it's like, I'm much able, I'm better able to, express sort of my emotions mm-hmm. um but other times i've been just completely a empty slate ready to to take in what other people are gonna say at that particular moment right that's mm-hmm. that's the thing it's like that's why the playground running around is not a good place to do acid because it's so unpredictable how you're what's gonna happen See, and right? we have such different views because i'm kind of like did you have fun? Mm. Like, this is why I know I shouldn't be a parent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, <laughs> I would be that, like, I I wouldn't ever want to be the parent that, that's, like, the cool, like, trying to be the cool parent that hangs mm. out with my kid. But at the same time, it's, like, that's just something I don't, like, I know the way I would parent is very, like, just don't make it a problem for me or yourself. Like that's how you have to live life, right? Like as an adult, it's like you can do drugs. Just don't make it a problem for other people. Like don't do needles in your backyard like during the day while your neighbor's kids are out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm totally different perspective on it from you. I, I would think of it more like learning to drive, right? Like you want to be educated on something like psychedelics before you do it right yeah but them doing it they got an education so do you know what i mean like so in the way that like people argue there's bad trips versus good trips right so like yeah. if the first time my hypothetical daughter gets way too fucked up on acid like it's like that's a learning experience well what if what if you learn that your daughter took your car for a joyride the day before it all worked out. Nobody got hurt and there was no accident. Would you at, at that point say, well, did you have fun? Well, no, because that's, that's different. That's endangering the lives of others. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Like you're, you're talking about weaponizing yourself. Whereas if you're just taking acid and running around in a park, it's like, you're only going to smash your own face on the playground. Yeah. You know, but I, I still look at it and it's like, you're right that it's not the same because when you're behind the wheel, you're a danger to other people. But I, I would still want to 
the person to approach, I'd still want my kids to approach it with a more uh, measured and educated perspective. But it's, just, it's the same thing of like, I would like them to go to a house party without my knowledge. Like, it's that whole thing of like, I, I would want them to do shit that I would, would have wanted to do, but just don't make me aware of it. Like, like again, like common sense, like parenting shit. Yeah. Just like you live your life. Like I, I like that whole, like you like way of parenting. That's like you live your life here and you just constantly show your kids the consequences. So it's like, you know, or like the good, the pros and cons of their decisions. It's like, you can stay out late tonight, but like if your grades start to slip, like shit like that, you know? Yeah. And then you won't get into this school and maybe that you want to do this job and you know, I think, I think that maybe this comes down to our own parents and how they raised us. And maybe we just may, well, just maybe we want to go the, in the opposite route of, Cause like I had parents that were like what you just described, oh, I see. right? They were the ones that are like, figure it out for yourself, right? Just go be a kid, make mistakes. You will learn. Mm-hmm. And I hated it. I was like, why can't you share some of your wisdom and experience with me? So I don't have to make these mistakes. Right. Yeah. That's how I felt when I became an adult. It's like, I felt like my, parents were too hands off it and oh, i, didn't I, like I it. don't yeah i don't think ours are dissimilar in that mm-hmm. way like i like i yeah i i i always felt like who are these like magic dads on tv that are like passing down information like i never oh, got yeah. any of this shit right. from either <laughs> of my parents like neither of them are like this skill's been in my family for seven generations it's mm-hmm. just like I, I don't know you're 13 like are you out of my house yet like get right like I only really wanted this for maybe a couple of years and now it's like I scoot scoot like there's I there's that thing of like I feel like they're now people are more aware of who wants to be a parent and not yeah but like a lot of the parents that had like our generation are just kind of like they readily admit like uh, I probably wouldn't today have kids given yeah that's a good point I think know. our parents generation there was much more of a cultural expectation yeah that you do that right yeah and so a lot of people who probably wouldn't have otherwise had children and they were these kind of absentee parents as a result right i bet it still happens but i bet it happens at less of a rate because it's way more acceptable to not be married or whatever now right like it's not i don't think like in-laws are constantly asking people that have been together like seven years like when are you getting engaged i I, I think it's kind of you know the deal. It's like either one of these two doesn't like marriage. Move on. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Yeah, I remember having friends um, in like just after high school. And there were some that having children was like that was what they wanted. Right. And they jumped into it super quickly. And I don't know where they are now, but presumably they're perfectly happy and have well-adjusted children. Yeah. But... But they'll definitely be the people that are be like, they'll say, I love my children, but yeah, that's the other thing you learn. Grass is always great. Like if you had, I was thinking about that today. If my life had played out the way, like I like fantasize my life had played out. Right. Yeah. 
would I be thinking about all the way, all these other ways that it didn't work out? Oh, and yeah. I think absolutely. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I think it's a weird thing to dwell. Like when I catch myself dwelling on stuff now, I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't matter how good your life gets. You're always going to complain about things like that's true. But I, yeah, I think the problem is, is that when you, if you fantasize about something, you're fantasizing about all the good. You're not, thinking about all the bad right Mm -hmm. like if if a child is thinking oh i want to be a famous singer one day they're thinking about the fans and the money and the the glamour they're not thinking about the hours of of auditions and rejection and all those things right and that's why the grass is always greener because you don't think about the bad so i always think about what the first thing I would do if like, so I always, my thing, my big solve, like most people's big solve is if I had a lot of money. Right. And so it's like the first thing I do is make sure I never have to cook ever oh, again. Yeah. <laughs> I immediately hand that over to someone else. Mm. I, it would be folding clothes for me. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. I hate folding clothes. Oh man. That feels like the thing that like, do, do you feel like every every time you have to do it, you're like, fuck, not this again. Like, this is yeah. every second day or every... I, I actually go through a full-on existential crisis every time I <laughs> fold clothes. Okay, let's go back to your childhood. <laughs> so what was your, what was your like, er, what's your earliest memory of folding clothes that you hated? Uh, well, so we... Um, Oof, this is gonna op- <laughs> this is opening up a wound. <laughs> um, I I remember we we had a laundry room, right, and we would just literally just throw the clothes on the floor in the laundry room, and then when you needed clean clothes, you would just dig through the pile and grab your clean clean clothes. And it was like in my childhood mind, it's like knee deep clothes. That's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. In my but and I remember one day uh, my mom just got really upset and said, "We're not doing this anymore. Go in and you're gonna find all your clothes, fold them, and put them in your room." And me and my sister, with our eyes crying, had to go in and okay. fold this huge pile of clothes. That's my earliest memory. Very quite possibly the reason why I hate <laughs> folding yeah. clothes. I don't know. That explains a lot. Yeah. Because it's like you guys were brought up doing it one way. Yeah. And then it drastically shifted and it's like, but this way is way harder. Right, right. It's way less fun for one than <laughs> digging around a mountain of clothes. Yeah. Yeah, I hate it. I, I really would like, um, like a lot of, I put a lot of thought into like what, if it would be possible to have like a, a robot that could fold clothes. Because <laughs> it seems like a really hard thing. To, to design a robot to do no it seems really possible like you know those you know those like so they have these like pieces of plastic that are shirt folders have you seen those no no i have not seen those. so it's like these like assisting things so like you put your shirt flat down on it and then you go flop flop and it like folds your your shirt together oh, yeah, okay yeah perfectly right. kind of thing yeah that doesn't seem like it would be that hard for an engineer to automate that to yeah just... but when clothes come out of like a washer dryer they're in this complete chaotic place, right? They're not like you're, we're talking when you talk about you a would robot. still have to be part of the process. Exactly, you got to input it in in a certain so you're, way. You're thinking more like 1930s, like invention shit, where it's like 
the comical like string yeah. and like da -da 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 -da, like to your room and then it like oh yeah yeah like we're, we're talking like rosie from the jetsons type thing where it folds it into your whole <laughs> closet and it's just there for you yeah, yeah that's i want that so bad i think i think that's why people do like rich people do the only wear a pair of socks once yeah maybe like yeah. that's insane to me right. right like i can't imagine wasting that many socks like to me just the waste would build up on my guilt conscience. oh totally yeah that is such a waste I don't know. I think maybe only wearing a pair of socks once is more because of how great it feels like a new pair of socks. Like it definitely is a, a, a wonderful feeling to put on like a fresh pair, never worn socks. They're I, also really hard to keep looking good. True. Yeah. Like nobody has figured out the sock game in the sense of like, you can't get a black pair of socks that's not going to have little fucking lint True. things, right? Yeah, yeah. And you're also not going to get a pair of dress socks that doesn't easily start fading mm -hmm. like at different spots, right? Yeah. Man. And then you just think about all the the holes. Like, obviously, when a, a sock gets a hole, you throw it out. But there's a, a whole period of time where that hole is developing and it's just a thin a slightly thinner area of fabric mm -hmm. around your heel, right? And it's just like, ah, hate that. That's the other thing. Like, it's funny that things got so cheap that we stopped having to repair, mm -hmm. right? Like how many, how many average people know how to sew now? Yeah, not very many. Like I think most people, when you get a hole in a shirt, it's just like, ah, fuck, bye. Yeah. Goodwill or straight in garbage, right? Totally. That's that's how I am. I don't even understand how you could repair a hole in a shirt. Like, there's gonna be a a, a stitch there, right? Yeah. I'm always like, doesn't it pull the fabric together? Yeah, and, exactly. And people are like, no, nah, it just works. It's like, how? I don't. I, I don't see how it could. <laughs> I, I I still disagree with that. Yeah. Like maybe you could. Um, repurpose the fabric for something else like like washcloths or um you could use it to patch something yeah but i don't see i don't see me stitching up a hole in a shirt like a t-shirt and then wearing it more that yeah but like you would think like like say shirts start costing four hundred dollars yeah I think a lot more people will be like, okay, the new cool style is to have patches on your shirt. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? like, totally. Like some kind of new, new thing would develop because like people would not be as readily chucking shit out. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, w I wish that was how things mm -hmm. um, were. I, I wish we built stuff with easily repairing it and keeping it um, in use for a long time. Right. Like mm -hmm. that would like, you know, the whole smartphones and all of that just piss me off so much when your, your battery dies and it's like you can't even just pop it open and replace the battery. Oh, okay. Tell me if this is one. I think this is one. Is I think when they get you to download updates, it's merely a way to fill up your phone eventually with so much data you have to get a new phone. Right. Yeah. That's like, one every android phone i've used after like three years it's just like the system updates is as large as the thing now yeah right. and it's like boy that's awfully convenient i have to buy a new thing every three years i feel like that's totally designed and those updates don't actually like 
if someone goes into the code, they'd be like, what are the, this is just filled up space. Like it's just lines of a guy typing F or something. Well, and further evidence to that theory is that smartphones, they, you, you get these tiers where the phones are identical except for the storage. It's like the, the entry level phone will have like 32 gigabytes, which is a bullshit amount of storage for a phone to have in 2021. And then the high level is the 250 gigabytes, which costs way more, right? And it's like, I can go to Staples and get a thumb drive that, or an SD card that has that same amount. It's not costing me an extra $200. You're, you're absolutely ripping us off. It's just the fact you jammed it in a phone. Yeah. Yeah. And then they won't include a, an SD card reader. So you're stuck with the storage level that you have, and then they do what you just said and designed. Uh, what's that called? Designed uh, planned style. obsolescence. Planned right? obsolescence. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, I had I had a couple things this week I wanted to talk to you about. Cool. You still up for it? Yeah, I had a. I, I've been trying to keep notes of stuff to talk, and I just looked at mine, and it said sports. <laughs> So, so we already did that one. So, sports. That's all I wrote down. Oh, because we mentioned it last week or something. Yeah, I think I wanted to to know more about your perspective on. It. I but, think I really wanted to tell you about Vardy, the Rat King, because yeah. he's he's just a hilarious. I like when guys that should not be athletes, just like because like I've always been that person that like if people say like because i went to a i went to a like a a summer camp once like a christian summer camp where they're it's all about climbing Mm. and everybody there is just constantly being like oh it's so hardcore to go hiking and climbing like all the time i'm like hiking is not fucking hardcore it's just walking vertically and you can do it as (laughs) slow as you want there's no time limit you can take four days no one judges you on that like just anyway it's just i'm like i could do it in my soccer shoes like i'm like shut the fuck it's not that this hardcore thing right right i totally agree with that oh my god i have so many circumstances where i've gone hiking with people that feel like they're you know running a marathon or something like that it's like we're just walking yeah. Like, yeah, we're walking up and that makes it a little bit harder, but whatever. Right? Why was I bringing that up though? Why were we talking about that? You said that you, you like, um, when people who shouldn't be athletes are. Oh athletes, yeah. Right? For, for that reason, like, like, because I just, I like people doing things that other people are like, Oh, this is so hard. This is so hard really easily yeah, yeah do you know what i mean like i like when people come into sports and they make a mockery of it like bo jackson for example right he's just like well i can i can do either of these sports and people are like no you can't he's like oh i for sure can right like do you know anything about him <laughs> uh no i i knew that yeah he played was it baseball and football football yeah. and like just comically destroyed at both like it was mm-hmm. just like oh he's ludicrous like and like People like that, or or people like, um, you know, there's this guy named Marshawn Lynch who like famously just like munches on Skittles all the time when he was being a running back, right? Oh, like yeah. he just, he's known as like this giant kid, right? And it's just like people like that, it's hard for these established like 
white guys in the booth to be like, you know, this is such a disciplined sport. It takes all these, you know, these highly yeah. trained. It's like, <laughs> well, this guy's eating fucking Skittles and like popping seven up. Like, yes, it's a, it's a highly tuned talent, whatever ability, but you don't have to be like, it's like, but, but the thing He's is still hu- humans can still do this. You know what I mean? But isn't those examples showing you that it's not such a highly skilled thing, right? Like there's a lot of genetic advantages that people get right Mm -hmm. but once you've once you got the physicality down is there that is there that much skill and well that that's my point is like just them highly focusing on like you know this kind of athlete would never put that kind of garbage in his body you know and all that like and like these kind of dudes just buck that narrative it's like you know there's like a uh dude eating like a hot dog on the side like there's a famous clip of a guy just like jamming a hot dog down his mouth just like totally against like nfl <laughs> policy right to be like eating at halftime but it's just like just why are we so hyper focused on what people do to perform their thing like this is always a thing that i found insane in anything is like you know if this guy wants to use drugs let him use drugs like i like you're saying using performance enhancing drugs in sports Oh, uh, I mean, it, it's a tricky issue, right? It, yeah. it, like, no, I don't, I don't mean stuff that's going to fuck you up. I mean stuff like if a guy wants to eat a hot dog at halftime, let him eat a hot dog yeah, at okay, halftime. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, like there was that snowboarder. Or, or if they want to smoke weed because it yeah. makes their body feel better during the week. Like, like right. that's who I want to talk to you about. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Um, yeah, there was it. that snowboarder from BC. Ross Robiati. Yeah, and I was like... Why the fuck did anyone care if he smoked weed, right? It's not a performance enhancing drug, right? I I obviously like situations where somebody's doing steroids or mm-hmm. blood doping or whatever. Yeah, that's a problem, right? But some, things like weed are only going to detract. Yeah. Exactly. No one's like, "Man, I got it it just makes like I mean, you know, Joe Rogan claims that like jujitsu slows down and it makes you better at it, but like right, right. for most sports, it's pretty I don't think it's enhancing. No, to have I delayed I agree, reaction yeah. time. There's yeah. not many sports that reward delayed reaction time. Right, right. Um, but on this note, I, that's another athlete I wanted to talk to you about. Was do you know who Josh Gordon is? No. This is the kind of story that's like going to piss off future, uh, like people in 2040. Mm-hmm. So like he's this guy that came into the into the NFL, and just fucking destroyed. Like as a 21 year, like he just caught everything was impossible to cover you knew every play it was going to this guy unstoppable but the dude could not stop smoking weed so he got busted for smoking weed because the nfl's policy is so low like it's Mm. like nanogram amounts like it's like if you're if you're fucking smoking cbd i'm sure it shows up as like something and so like anyways he had two or three of these violations and so on his second violation, they banned him for a whole year during one of the times I owned him in fantasy. Oh, this is yeah. how I know so much about him <laughs> and why I'm so pissed about this guy. Because, like, he basically... So the dude loves weed. But when he comes to work, he is the best at his job yeah. and fucks people up. So what's the problem here? Right. Like, weed is not... And so, like, in, in 20 years, people are going to look back and, like, oh, remember when we... We, we banned Josh Gordon from 
the league like because he finally got banned from the league because it was the third strike kind of thing and it's just like so you you banned a guy that set records that have been there for hundreds of years because he smoked weed yeah that's bullshit (laughs) that that's like that's like you know saying that like if a guy drinks a beer now like you know what i mean like yeah or even worse it's like uh someone like alan turing who was this like mastermind code breaker mathematician guy for the uk uh i can't remember when world war one or two and he was gay and they kicked him out because he was gay right ostracized mm-hmm. him and nowadays we're like holy shit that was a fucking bullshit move on the <laughs> yeah. part of the the uk government right yeah is that's the kind of thing that's going to be looked on like that right yeah, well, it is amazing how many things end up being that way. Like these short-sighted, like, you know, like, like uh, I think maybe it was the Joe Rogan podcast. I don't really listen to it anymore, as I said. But, like, mm-hmm. he was talking about how uh, basically Japanese engineers were forced after the war, like, because of the peace treaty signed with Japan or whatever. Like, they were basically, like you're not allowed to build rockets and nukes and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And so all those rocket engineers and shit started designing cars, which is why they started kicking the shit out of the U S and whatever, because like all those super brain people are now working in the auto industry rather than designing military weapons. Right. Like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's an interesting story. I like, I like the idea of like, yeah, if you repurposed where people are working currently, like what are we missing out on? Like yeah. what are what are what fields would be actually really good at other fields? Like are firefighters amazing teachers? Should we figure that right, out? Right. <laughs> well, I just want there to be I don't want to lose any human potential, right? Like I want our society to to make sure that everyone who has an, the innate talent gets the kind of um nurturing and development that they need to be awesome at whatever that is that they can be awesome at right mm-hmm. like it pisses me off to hear that sort of stuff where we uh where someone because of just their where they were born or the kind of their skin color or or orientation or because they swear too much or whatever causes them to lose out on yeah. this and we as society um lose out on the benefit as well that yeah. really bothers me right? I, f- I feel like the internet's probably helped a lot of that right yeah. like because you know like gary in akron ohio now can actually have someone look over his screenplays in True. theory you yeah. know what i mean like totally. uh and there's there's a way to get noticed you, you could say you're still submitting random stuff whatever but it's like that's one way to go about it but if you get a big enough attention of anything online yeah. people start to pay attention right yeah, we're, we're the the thing that I think a lot of people don't consider is like the kind of advancement, scientific advancement, and that sort of thing that can will be possible once the developing world becomes on par with the developed world, right? Like in terms of schooling and infrastructure and that sort of thing, right? Like there's billions of people living on this planet that are growing up in these subsistence agricultural societies that could you know possibly make great contributions right Mm -hmm. and i think that's going to start to happen in the next 
decades and stuff. Except that the system is set up to keep those countries down. Yeah, well, that's what we should definitely <laughs> work on if that's the case, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, we could have cured cancer by now for all we know if, if we had all the brilliant minds on this planet yeah. working on something. It doesn't have to all be the same thing, but we're, we're just missing out yeah. right? a lot. I, I was just, when you were saying the developed and developing world, in the one of the books I was reading recently, he was like, that, those are outdated terms. We don't say oh, what's, developed, developing, or first world, third world. What's the new I, I don't know. I quit the book. I fucking hated <laughs> oh. the book, so I don't remember. But uh, Yeah, like I knew that third world and first world were no longer valid terms, but what is it now? Well, because develop, what is develop? I think his argument was like developed and developing. What is the, like, what is that? What's the line? What does that mean? Yeah, well, you can debate what the, the distinction is between the two. Um, the, the main thing to, to consider is that developed and developing would imply a progression towards a specific type of society, right? So you're, you're looking at developed countries as the industrialized countries with um, like capitalist institutions and democracy and those kind of things. So developed developing implies that every country should be like that, right? And I personally agree that they should be. So right. I'm cool with that term, right? Okay. I Yeah, I, I honestly, I don't know enough about it to argue the point either way. Yeah, like I, I, I mean, I, I'm sure there's some wiggle room in how, you know, you set up an economy or a, or a government, but by and large, you want there's certain things that we've done in the Western world that are really good ideas, like the rule of law and, you know, things like that. So.